is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Welcome to this fabulous new feature um, that we're doing at Antique Dust. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique Dust. Antique Dust. Yay. Yay. So we've got this new special feature we're doing where we're watching the original, original movie and then um, the remake. And this, this this episode is featuring The Wicker Man. Yay. Where one is the one done in 1973 and uh, another one is A Crock of Shit starring Nicolas Cage. Marvelous. Woo. Language, language, <laughs> language, Timothy. <laughs> now, uh, I am completely adverse to horror films, but yeah, I didn't actually so, see yeah, this so, as a horror film, yeah, the first one. Yeah, if I can, if I can just jump in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wicker Man has been one of my favourite films for a long, long time, but Jonathan has always been quite uh, reluctant uh, to, to watch it in spite of my, um, encour- my encouragement. Um, and sulking, and sulking, and yes. and, and pouty lips, and all the rest of it. Um, so it, it sort of took to do a special feature to actually get him to sit down and and watch uh, it, and watch it. And I'm always a bit nervous when uh, I introduce Jonathan to my favourite films because he's usually quite um, sniffy about them. So what did you think of the Wicker Man? Uh, the first one I loved actually. I mean, the, the reason I have been very reluctant to watch this is because it's been done as a horror masterpiece and i am really really squeamish i do not like horror films at all i don't like gore i don't like blood or guts or anything like that however this i didn't feel it was a horror film uh, i thought it was it was a mystery i love the music but it is it, i say you know other people have classed it as a musical yeah it's well it's not I, quite I, bang bang though. yeah i mean i've seen it many times and but it's only it was only subsequently that actually I, I, I realised. Hang on a minute, this this is actually this is actually a musical. Yeah, and it is, and it is has the hallmarks of a musical because some of the singing is in a naturalistic setting, but some of it isn't, and there's like the full orchestra treatment and all the rest of it. So actually, you know what? This is a musical, yeah, whether you like it or not. But I don't think it's a horror. I think it's a mystery. It's uh, a mystery. I it, mean, there, I think there are elements of the, you know they don't there to, is, they want to jump to the jump to the finale too soon, but that that is quite horrible. Yeah, I mean, there is some some nastiness. Now, the general storyline of the Wicker Man is a uh, a dour uh, police sergeant uh, or investigator. He's a sergeant, Sergeant, sergeant Neil Howie. Howie, deeply pl- religious, played by the gorgeous, gorgeous Edward Woodward. And I now need to go and buy the entire box set of The Equaliser because I loved that as a kid. No, just let's be clear about that. You don't need to buy the entire want, box set. You want to I buy want the entire to. box set of The Equaliser. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Edward Woodward, hugely religious, and he arrives on a plane, which he fly, flies himself to this little remote island up in the Scot up in the Scottish Isles. Yes. Uh, which looks so pretty. I thought it was so so gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. 
Um, the scenery was fantastic. Now, it was meant to be set in around about May, coming up to May Day. Yes. Um, um, however, it was actually shot in late October. Yes. And they had to actually, apparently, with, with, the, with the, uh, the, the making of documentary, which we saw after watching the gorgeous film, um, they actually said they actually had about 20 false apple trees, which they kept moving around yes. to get into shock. Yeah. The cherry, the, the blossom, the yeah. apple blossom. Yeah. The, to, to be fair, there, is, there is, seems to be a little bit of debate about the accuracy of some recollections. Uh, we are, you know, we are nearly near getting on for 50 years ago, so I, I guess you can be yeah. forgiven that. But um, there's some disputes about exactly. Um, well, it. It, it, and it, it, I mean, although there must be summer and they've got all the sort of the new bar ladies with their cleavage out wearing floaty dresses it looked chuffing cold yeah and they were wearing warm knickers underneath <laughs> yes <laughs> so anyway the, the, apparently the, this um the, the this police sergeant has received has been a letter has been received to the by the police force um saying a child's gone missing he arrives at the island and sort of is met by a group of dour Scottish gentlemen um, who aren't very, very friendly. And they say, oh, no, I don't recognise it. Is it Ronan or something? Was that Rowan. 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 Rowan Morrison. Rowan Morrison. So Has uh, gone missing. Has gone missing. But nobody knows who Rowan is. Or at least they're not admitting they're to not knowing. Admitting who Rowan is. So he decides to investigate and goes to the post office and meets uh, the post office mistress that has a daughter. Uh, a younger daughter than Rowan, though. Yes, yeah. um, he does. He does eventually winkle out of them that Rowan Morrison is the daughter of the post office owner, Mrs. Morrison. Yes, uh, who wears a delightful house coat. Yeah, and, and I can I can remember when Scottish uh, shop keeping ladies wore such such <laughs> garment because we had a little corner shop at the bottom of our, our street that was run by two elderly spinsters. And yeah, they definitely wore a house coat. A house coat of that and It had ilk. sort of uh, ornamental cabbages all over it. Yeah, I don't think they were cabbages. I thought they were Brussels sprouts. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the the shop is sort of very heavy on the uh, sort of the it's sort of a cultish looking. Yeah, it's full of croutons and yeah, cakes. It's full of cakes that, that are look in, quite occultish. Yes. That's <laughs> a, Pagan cakes, I think. <laughs> I, and actually, if I were to open a cake Sweet shop, treats. if I were to open a cake shop, I would call it Pagan Cakes and have uh, Wicker Man related uh, confectionery <laughs> in the window, I think. I've just decided that. Oh, but I, I would definitely uh, sort of help operate the till in my house coat with Brussels sprouts all over it. Yes. <laughs> Marvellous. Anyway. So, um,. The police officer then then goes to um, the local hostelry, the Green the Man, the Green Man, and asks if they have any rooms to rent. And it's met by a very nubile sort of Brit Eklund, yes. looking all very cleavagey. Yes, the landlord's very camp landlord. I thought I never really twigged that before, but very, no, it was very very, very, very camp. camp landlord with with Willow, mm-hmm. his um, daughter. very attractive daughter, played by. As you say, by Britt Brit Eklund. Well, the physically p- played by Britt Eklund, vocally yeah. uh, played by a- uh, Annie Ross, who was a very well-known Scottish singer, uh, and yes, my fa- who my father met on several occasions. Wow. Yes, yes. So, but Britt Eklund um, obviously she's very 
Scandinavian. Um, she couldn't quite master the um, Scottish accent. But no. She did have a go. She had a go, but it wasn't really good enough, so she was overdubbed. Yes. Um, uh, so he, he goes and investigates yes. further. Um, so there's a few body songs sung in a very yeah, in a musical, very funky, musical uh, fashion. It, I actually really like that. So I, and I think in our box set we've actually got the DVD. Uh, oh no, we've actually got the musical the music accompaniment. Yes, we have the the, the CD of the of the soundtrack, yeah. which we shall be listening to endlessly. Yes, and sort of wandering around like Willow, what, naked, ch- churning banging up, ch- on the wall, churning on the wall, going no, no more wood chip, no more wood chip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so there's mystery upon mystery. Mystery upon mystery upon mystery. Um, he then ends up going up to the schoolhouse where they've got this very peculiar... They've got the boys and the girls are taught separately. Yes. Um, the um, the boys are doing the maypole dance, which yes. is quite unusual because normally the, the ladies that do the maypole dance. Yes, well, this is an unusual very, uh, e- e- Everything... Everything about the it looks very twee and everything. Yeah. And it's obviously the maple cue a song. Yes, cue a song. Yes. In the woods there grew a tree, and a fine, fine tree was he. And uh, on that tree there was a limb, and on that limb it sort of he goes. Edward Woodward's character sort of watches this with like everything seems very normal and very homey and very very straightforward. Yeah. But everything is, some, everything is a little bit yeah. off kilter. Yeah, and, and you realise this as a viewer, as a viewer. I mean, as me as a person watching it for the first time, I was transfixed by it because. It, it it feels very very homely, homey, and it it is homey. And in fairness, everybody is very very lovely, and the environment they're all being brought up in seems very welcoming and lovely. And they uh, all seem quite happy, yes, and having a nice time, yes. which will be a contrast we will make later on um, to the two thousand and six version, which yes. they look like as miserable as, as all get out. Um, but as, as so watching it, it, everything is a little off kilter, but it makes you watch it even more. Yeah. There's uh, a so slight sense of uh, through the film. I think there's a growing sense of surrealism mm. that it becomes weirder and weirder, and it's almost as if we are seeing it through the eyes of Sergeant Howie. And I think you know, some of it is exaggerated, and I think that really. For me, that really gives uh, an an impression, an, an insight into what might be going on in Sergeant Heavy's head. Head is as he is being challenged, uh, you know, all the all the time by just the increasing level of weirdness. Yeah, I, in I, this I, community, but it it, it it comes across incredibly normal uh, up until. Um, she, he goes into the schoolhouse. Now that's fine. The schoolmistress is talking. Miss Rose. Miss Rose. Uh, the schoolmistress is teaching the girls about, sort of asking questions, and they're saying the maypole is a phallic symbol and everything. And sort of, uh, sort of Sergeant Howie is a little bit. Oh my God, a phallic symbol! And you can't teach. We can't teach. You things can't like teach this. things like this. And um, th- and then they are. He shows a photograph of this girl, and all the other girls say, "Oh no, we don't know this." And then he sees there's an empty desk, um, and he opens up the empty desk, and there's a little beetle. Which is circling, which has been, yes, it's been it's a bit, attached it's, to a nail, atta- attached to a nail on a piece of string, and it's going slowly and slowly r- round. And he's like, it feels a bit weird. And then he sort of loses his rag a bit and says, "I'd like to see the register." And 
Um, Miss Rose says no, but he still snatches it away and finds the name of Rowan. Rowan. Rowan Morrison. Yes. Um, and then is taken out by the school teacher and said, yes, she, so we don't say she's gone. So, so she's gone. To, she's she, not dead. We don't not, use the word dead. We don't use the word dead. On Summer Isle. That's by the name. Yes. We've not said, but that's the name of the island. Summer, Summer Isle. Isle. Summer Isle. Um, uh, and it all just gets very peculiar. Um, then it, 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 there's various sequences, which um, we watched the uncut version of The Wicker Man, which has Christopher Lee um, offering a, a boy to Willow to, to lose his, uh, his cherry. And um, again, sort of Sergeant Howie is a very peculiar, and there's a very close-up of two snails getting jiggy with it on the yes. on the leaf. While while Lord Summerisle, played by Christopher Lee, mm -hmm. is sort of waxing lyrical, some Anthony Schaffer uh, dialogue, which is philosophical stuff yeah. around. It was a lovely little. It was a lovely little monologue, and it was it was gorgeous. Um, and uh, so Sergeant Howe is getting more and more peculiar. Uh, so he's sort of feeling more and more peculiar. And the, there is a sequence where um, he's, say, where Willow is in in the room and dancing and yeah. like stroking I mean, that, that the wall. Is, that's the most famous stroking sequence. The wall. I think that's the most famous sequence from there's the there's from, a lot of boobage from the film. Uh, on display um, but a terrific song that unfortunately in both in the theatrical version and indeed the version we saw has been absolutely hacked mm. um, to, to bits but but Willow's song is a, is a, a remarkable in my opinion a remarkable piece of piece of music hey ho, who is there sequence I think is if it had been if it had, if we could actually see it in its entirety then it would be much more impactful yeah. than it is but it's all very it really captures that sort of whole sort of hot sultry seductive yeah it was, of, it was, it of it him was, being tempted he's being tempted so he, he's she's she's sort of on one side of the wall and he's on he's feeling drawn to the wall and drawn to the door but but his his religious beliefs are, is holding him back um and on it's, it's very pertinent because it could be a really good plot hole where willow is trying to tempt him away and because he is very religious so he's about to be married but he's still a virgin mm. um so perhaps will uh, this is sort of the case where let's have a debating point really as to what what the motivation behind that is because because his his virginity as we discover is at a, the is end of the film is 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 one of the crucial aspects of why he is why he is there and why what happens to him happens to him so with with willow tempting him in that way is she testing him um to see if he is good enough is she trying to save him in some way because mm. if he succumbs then he will no longer have any value yeah. to them it's it's we, do, we don't know we but don't it's, know. It's, it's it's interesting yeah. oh, it is, speculation it, it is it is it is very very it's, it's very well done but of course apparently according to the sort of the documentary Brett Eklund had done the whole part and was prancing around there was like an urban myth that 
they had to have a body double to come in because she was pregnant. But she was just announced as being pregnant, so she wasn't showing. She anything. didn't know she was pregnant. She when didn't she know made she was film. pregnant when she was doing the film. So and they had filmed the the rear view. Um, with the body double, with the body double, but the front view with with her own boobage. Yeah, out. but from the waist up, and that that's that. This the story about her about her being pregnant is that she requested that because she, because she was pregnant, but subsequently that that seems not to be the the case. The, the case. She, when, when she saw the cut, the, the version of the film, she, she was that's devastated. Not me. She was devastated. She, well, she wasn't when she saw it. She she found out when she came back to filming that that they'd actually brought in a body double, and she says in the in the documentary that she was devastated mm. and and to make it even worse the body double had a fat arse <laughs> and but so she has to, she she constantly gets photographs of the, body <laughs> of the body double and she just sends them back saying that's, that's not, not me. me that's not my arse <laughs> <laughs> so i it was a very peculiar scene but it was it was it was it, it had real depth and meat on the bones on that um, we then meet so, so towards the, the, I'd say like the final court, final third of the film. We actually, we actually ha phys physically have dialogue with Christopher Lee. Yeah, I mean, Sergeant Heavy is, spends two nights on the on the island on, on the island. The the encounter with uh, with w Willow's song is is on the second night, and the first night is when Willow is entertaining that young y lad young, and young chap in, in, introduced in, by Christopher in, Lee in her room. Uh, so on the on the on, on, on the day that he goes and see Christopher Lee, uh, Lord Summer Isle, on, on Summer Isle, uh, Lord Summer Isle, um, he he goes on a horse and trap, yes. and uh, uh, he's uh, he passes a sort of a pagan ritual of, of sort of nubile ladies, sort of dancing around in a circle and dancing over a bonfire. Yeah, singing a song. Uh, singing a song and with a full or full orchestral accompaniment. Yes, and uh, it. Uh, he he, so Sergeant Howie mentions to Lord Summerisle. They're naked. They're naked. But they're, da well, they're, 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 uh, they're dancing over the bonfire. They're, they're naked. They're naked. Yes. And then, of course, the the the, the terrific line then come comes back. Well, it's far too dangerous to <laughs> to, to leap over a bonfire with your clothes on. <laughs> so, so it's quite quite matter of fact. And you sort of you think, oh yeah, it's really quite delicious. So Sergeant Howie knows something's up. Um, they're having getting celebrations ready for the May Day May Day holiday. He sort of tries to leave the island, but then his his plane yeah. won't start. Yeah. Mean, meanwhile, he's he another thing that that we will contrast with the two thousand six film. Sergeant Howie is beginning to put the pieces together mm. about uh, Rowan's. Dis disappearance and he's he's begun to learn that she was the the, the queen of the harvest the queen the of the harvest year, festival and the, and, the, and the the harvest failed mm -hmm. and and how he's putting you know he's putting the pieces together and he begins to conclude that actually uh something terrible and heathen is going to happen yes to to to, to rowan um, and that's the what then encourages the, the, the sacrifice of the harvest festival. Yes, we're not actually, ex and again, one of the contrasts with the 2006 film is that we're not explicitly told that. You know, no one sits them together. down with exposition yeah. and actually f thoroughly explains it, so you can be in no doubt as to what's going to happen. Mm. But um, yeah, how he d d 
uses powers of deduction and puts puts all this together and it decides that he has to go back to the mainland and come back with more with more support more police officers in order to stop this uh, pagan outrage from right. and happening and it, it, it all gets very claustrophobic um he sort of enters the uh, harvest festival or, or the may day festival sorry um sort of in disguise just as the fool just as the fool um or they all go down to the the sort of the 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 cliff and everything and then and it's it's become more and more claustrophobic and you sort of you pretty much know then that his time is very close um and then rowan appears uh, in the cliff edge and then he unmasks himself and then sort of tries to rescue tries to rescue her and climbing up through the cliff, through the, cl- the caves and the cliffs, and comes off the top. And at the top of the cliffs, um, Rowan sort of runs into the arms of um, Lord Summerisle and said, "Did I do well? Did I do well?" So it's all becoming very, very clear. And then on the sort of the top of the mount, you've got this big statuesque. Yeah, we don't, man. but we don't see that. And and I think this is one of the the, the best parts of the of of the film. You know, it becomes uh, how he is realizes that what's happening, and he's ca- he's caught and he's prepared. But we d- we still at that point we haven't seen the wicker man. He hasn't seen the wicker man. We don't actually know what what is going to happen. It, then they drag him um, over the the sort of the up up the up the slope, up and the then slope. he gets to the top of the slope, and then it's and there. there, and there, and then. And it's in this 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 monstrous sort of like sort of uh wicker man that it's like 30 foot tall and sort of within the wicker there's cages with there's goats and pigs yeah. and geese and chickens and that and sort of thing and, and in the middle of the heart of it is the cage ready for, ready for sacrifice him. for him and he gets pulled up there by um a, a big a big caber tossing gentleman. A caber tossing gentleman and throws in and he tries to sort of sort of sing over uh, a sort of, sort of Christian yes. uh, yeah. Christian yeah. song. Because yeah, they, they when they set light to the uh, to, to the wicker man, then the the, the villagers uh, start a, a chorus of summer is a coming in, which is one of the old if I remember correctly, is one of the, the oldest songs written in in old english and they're all sort of chanting together and, and having a jolly time yeah having a really jolly time and this whole sing, sing song around the bonfire they're having a sing song around the bonfire he's singing it and then he's, he's singing the lord is my shepherd, shepherd or amazing i can't quite remember yeah, he's, he's, he's singing yeah, he's singing my soul shepherds, yeah. yeah lord's my shepherd and um and then suddenly stops and then mm. resigns himself to it and then the whole thing well all the sun sets the wicker man sort of burns and, and bows down and to the sun. Yeah, and then you see the and it's sun just gorgeous. Setting. Yeah, it's very cool. I wouldn't say it's a horror film. I, I wasn't really that too fussed about how it because it was a bit. Yeah, I mean that's one of the one of the things about about this film. I think is that is that whose side <laughs> whose side are you supposed to be on? Because actually, Sergeant Howie is not a particularly likable person. person. Having said that, that I don't think for me that doesn't take away from the 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 horror of what happens to him because i think most people can't imagine any a more horrific death, death no than that than that um but 
but he's not particularly likable. Um, and as yeah, the, and the villagers are actually you know all quite jolly, jolly and personable, and and actually. Well, they don't want to kill one of their own, do they? So that's well, a, I think that, they probably have done because there is that 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 line at the end when um, Lord Summerisle says that you know basically says that the animals are are, are limited. You know, animals as sacrifices have have limited acceptableness. Uh-huh. A, a, a small child is a little bit more acceptable, but a certain kind of adult is the is is the best sacrifice. And because of last year's failed harvest, this year we need the best possible sacrifice. And Sergeant Howie, through some form of research that isn't explained, has been specifically selected as being the best sort of sacrifice. Because when the, the opening sequence is it's got Sergeant Howie addressing a congregation and reading a sermon. Yes. So that's... So we've established his religiousness. Yeah. We've then gone on to establish his virginity. Mm-hmm. And because of the way he was he was attracted onto the island, uh, he's he's a willing uh, a willing candidate for... Mm-hmm. For the, so for the overall, sacrifice. as a film, I think it's 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 awesome. The soundtrack is fabulous. Uh, I would definitely give it a five out of five. Uh, I'm glad I've seen it, and uh, I think I've just been reluctant to do it because it has been listed as the greatest horror. I think it's more of a mystery, with a little sort of horrific incident, yes. but it's not horror in the respect that I, how I see it like like a saw film where someone's being attached to a radiator and has to saw the leg off or something like no, that no it's definitely nothing no, so, nothing no, like nothing that, like that. It's, so, a, it's a chiller rather than a, yeah, a horror yeah it, it, uh, and it's very thought provoking as well so it and it, it feels very because it's, it's got those surreal aspects of it it feels very much like the TV series Prisoner um, where it's got that surreal elements where everything is, seems very normal and straightforward. But one of the interesting things, and again, I think is a comparison I'm going to make with the the remake, is that actually the the community on Summer Isle felt very real. Yeah. And perhaps that's because I didn't grow up in quite in Summer Isle, but um, it felt for me, someone who grew up in Scotland in the 1970s, it actually really did feel real and normal and yeah. normal yeah and i think that that's what that was really admirable which brings us nicely along to the remake wicker man with oh no the not Nicholas. the bees not the bees <sighs> so um this one is i uh, nicholas cage cracking actor in lots of things yeah not so good in other things and yes he's a i think i think he's a bit like the the star trek movies yeah, it's just like yeah, every, yeah. every other one is good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why they did a remake, I have no idea. Um, it was of course the other the other big name uh, actor in in the film is Ellen Burstyn, mm. who we we remember as Chris McNeil in The Exorcist. Right. Um, again, horror horror. I have seen the Exorcist film um, because. Right. Because it, you have to. It, it, you have to. It's a rite of it's passage. A to, to. I went and saw it, The Exorcist, twenty. Where well, on the twenty fifth anniversary of the remaster on the cinema, which I, I found it hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was more scared with the making of documentary that was on Channel Four, sort of 
I saw a few weeks before the because it came out on the 25th anniversary on Halloween. Yeah. Um, so I thought I was, I was really prepared. So I was getting myself prepped up to it because I don't do, as I say, I mm-hmm. don't do horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found it hilarious. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this isn't an Exorcist podcast, but I'll just throw in my tuppence worth. First, I've seen The Exorcist on a number of, a number of times. First time, utterly terrified. The second time, a bit disappointed. Subsequent viewings have been actually, you know what? This is a really good film. It's a really good film. If you once you get past the expectations or the yeah or the things the that and the hype and uh, look past the 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 the, the, the limitations of early seventies mm. special effects and all and all the rest of it, you actually do begin to realise. You know what? This is a really terrific film. It is. It's a brilliant film. Anyway, uh, but back uh, to but the Wicker Man. Wicker Man. 19, 2006. 2006. Yeah, it's a crock of shit. Um, so essentially, the it's a the, the plot is remake it's at its at its core. It they they are they are doing an almost word word for word remake. The their big chunks of dialogue are lifted from the, the, the Anthony Schaffer screenplay and and dumped into this film yeah, so unfortunately poorly delivered on the whole so it starts off with the nicholas cage character who plays edward um and he not edward woodward no but there is a there is a there, there is i mean they have is, like wedged have in willow woodward which willow, is actually quite hard to say willow woodward and, and rowan woodward yeah <laughs> so it starts off uh, Nicholas Cage is a traffic cop on a motorbike and it starts off with a road crash road wreck which pretty much is summarizes the film yeah <laughs> so, yeah. so, so he's, he's left a, with PTSD he's, he's suffering PTSD oh, post-traumatic stress um, he so a, a child has thrown a dolly out of a, a moving station wagon and he's pulled them up um, given the dolly back had a dialogue with the mother and the kid in the back the kid's the doll gets passed back to the kid the kid throws it out he goes to pick it back up and then a truck goes and drives straight into the station wagon and kills them all um he tries to save them flames 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 are licking around he tries to break the back of the um the uh sort of the station wagon window there's some bees in there and he and then he gets thrown back so he can't save the kid so he's then suffering with post-traumatic stress i think i think you're kind of mixing up some of his there, there are, you know, his general fears. Yes, yes. fears and anxiety. But of course, we have the foreshadowing. You know, the ham-fisted foreshadowing of the of the finale with him, him with all that, all the flames. Yeah. basically. So it, it it's really, really. It starts off kind of nice and sort of la la la. la. He then, while he's having post-traumatic stress, he gets this letter um, from an ex-flame of his saying willow woodward willow woodward saying her daughter's gone missing and uh, can you please come and help and it's in very sort of sort of decorative script in a letter that's got a seal on which has been hand delivered hand delivered with no stamp um he's off with post-traumatic stress that we meet a sort of a concerned fellow police officer very lesbian looking lady with this short sensible hair and blonde and then sort of it quickly sort of mo- mooches over so he goes to the summer isle summer's isle summer's isle summer's isle um which are, is well renowned for its honey 
Yes. Honeybees. And, oh. yes, yeah. and we, we realise that right at the start with when he does a Google search and discovers all of these honey products that are for sale from Summer's Isle. Yeah, and he's, uh, so he gets flown there by someone that's meant to be delivering mail, but he, the person delivering mail by the plane says, oh, they don't like visitors and la, 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 and he gets dropped off around the corner of the island and then he walks into the island. And you just have a general nonsense. It's like... It, They've made it so it's a female. It's a matriarchal society. A matriarchal society where the the, the females make all the decisions. Um, there's a few men folk around, but, but none of them say anything. They'll do. I, I, I got the impression. Like, yeah, yeah, I got the. I wasn't sure, but I got definitely got the impression that not only did did they not speak, but there seemed to be a sense that they couldn't speak. Mm. So I just wondered whether they have their tongues cut out or no, I don't know something like that. So but I, it just didn't. You know, that's one of the comparisons that I would make between this film and the the original, is that it just none of that felt real. It felt like an Amish community. It didn't um, feel like an Amish community. Uh, well, it, an, it Amish, felt, an, an Amish okay. community is real. It, it just didn't feel it, well. It was like a female, real. a female like I say, a, a, a religious order of su- of some some such um, sort of female red uh, led. And they just wedged in so many tropes of standard horror. Um, uh, with it was just it was just a big myth mishmash of nonsense. There's really cracking actors in it who were trying their best to work with what they've got, and it, I think it was very poorly edited together. Um, the storyline is the s- same, similar. It's I don't pretty much identical to the other one except. Uh, rather than having an unknown letter, he knows who it is. It's an elf flame. She a romantic subplot. A romantic subplot, in. which was not needed. There was no chemistry between either or. She looked, she looked, looked miserable. She looks like she's they all looked tears. Mis- they, they all looked miserable. Yeah. They all looked like they were having an awful time. Yeah, it, it just looked, I mean, it was just like everyone had a large gas yeah. bill when they did it. Yeah, and everything, one of the things that I, that contributed to me for the lack of realness about it was that everything looked brand new you know everything looked immaculately clean and beautifully lit and whereas you know the wicker man original it was shot in like a real place a real actually place with real, with real place real, real, real households and things yeah, like that that just looked real this just looked like disneyland it was just like uh, yeah a polished hokum community and yeah it, yeah and the other, one of the other distinctions I would certainly make is that, you know, we were basically from the start of the film, we were hit over the head with the plot. Mm. You know, in maybe it was in, made for in, Americans. Well, I think it, it definitely was. And my apologies to any Americans who who Honestly. might be might be might be listening. We know you didn't all vote for Trump. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so in the. In the nineteen seventy three film, you know, for example, Sergeant Heavy has has his dinner and it's all from a tin. Yeah. And he then asks about, well, isn't Summer Isle famous for its its fruit and veg and fresh produce? Why is everything from a tin? And Willow just says, just oh, but it's, it's all been exported, and we just left with a mystery. In the remake, you know, he's trying to is sque- he's, he's squeezing trying to squeeze honey from a from a, a shop bought thing and he sort of says well why is what summer's summer's isle is famous for its honey products why why are you selling serving shop bought honey and and then basically we get a whole bit of exposition explaining exactly that the harvest has failed 
And she may as well have said, and we're going to sacrifice a virgin to the wicker man at the end of the week. You know, <laughs> you know it was just, it was just every, t- every, turn, every turn of the plot, we were hit over the head with what's going to happen next. You know, it was really, really dumbed. Yeah, it was really dumbed down. Really, really dumbed down. They had a big wall of the harvest festivals with, um, let's say, with the the girls surrounded by all the the plentiful supply, and then the very last one, which is the bottom left, bottom bottom right, was smashed and empty, and it was just like, oh god. So they were just falling every single trope, and it felt like someone had a really good idea, but rather than do there do another ver, another version of it or take it to the next level i mean they could have done a sequel i think there was a sequel to the wicker man wasn't there the no. wicker tree no no there's no sequel do you mean 1973 no after 1973 one no. so it was something called the wicker tree there Some, may well have been but it's not so, a sequel so, uh, they, they didn't make a sequel I did not. Oh. other people may have made films that were exploited <laughs> yeah but, so, uh, but that's a very different Kettle of fish altogether. I mean, they spent $40 million on making the remake of The Wicker Man and it made 38 at the box office. So, so. And it hasn't, and, you know. It's not it, become it, a cult. It hasn't become a cult, as far as I'm aware. I, I don't, it's not midnight showings of Nicolas Cage in The in, in the Wicker Man. In the, in the way that the, the, the original has, did develop a cult. Cult following. I mean, they couldn't sell it because they had. Uh, so, the, going back to the original, as I looking at when we looked at the documentary, they were saying they could not, for the life of them, sell sell it to the because there's only a couple of film produ- um, sort of distributors that had their cinemas and they didn't get it because um, they were old guard. They were more used to like carry on films or that sort of thing. I sent it to America, and they, an American, it built up an audience. Yeah, it was seen by Roger Corman, who, who saw its um, potential mm. uh, as one of the sort of the. But road, it had to be cut down as a roadhouse thing. But as I say, I mean, they did discover the un, uh, unfertiled um, sort of footage, sort of the sort of the uncut version. Um, and yeah, well, Roger Corman had the only print in existence that they know of the yeah. of the uncut all the 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 negatives all mysteriously vanish with conspiracy theories and all the rest of it so i think someone just gets said yeah just pick, just pick, a, pick up the film stop from the left and they picked it up from the right yeah, and people just make mistakes i think rather than there yeah. being any kind of massive conspiracy yeah, about it yeah um but you know much of the film has been restored uh, we watched the final cut so there's we, we we now have because we've got the special commemorative Blu-ray edition. We've got the original theatrical version. We've got the the director's cut, and what we watched was the final cut, which has basically all of the, as far as I'm aware, has all of the known footage restored. There's some kind of bits of it you can tell are 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 not from the original print because they look a bit grainy and some of the colours a bit a bit weird looking but hey ho yeah and the the wicked man we said with nicholas cage that the one we watched was the director's cut yeah great <laughs> yeah now it was uh so ultimately the child that he's gone to find and rescue turns out to be his daughter he so, keeps having, so the whole vir- virginity pl- plot line is thrown out it, the window it's thrown out thrown out of sync and it, it it yeah it was just bonkers um there's a few sort of like dream sequence or fantasy sequences that have been cut in 
Um, it I was think... a lot more violent, though. I felt that the 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 original Wicker Man is not it's not violent. Obviously, to reach the other, if you like, there is a violent yeah. end to him. But um, there's it, much there's much more violence in it. A lot, there's a lot of women being punched by Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and, and then he get he's hobbled at the, for for no apparent reason. No, because it worked well the, in Misery, at, probably. At end, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, so he gets hobbled uh, at the end. Um, his daughter. Well, the, well, basically, it's a replay of the he, of the original. You yeah. Know. Uh, he gets dumped into this big wicker man thing, set on fire, and but there's no lovely sing song of rousing chorus of summers are coming in. No, which is a shame, really, because that's that that's one of the one of the, the the high points of the original film, because just the the incongruity of a man slowly burning to death while people are having a jolly sing song. All of that is all of that is lost. Even even the parade when they're parading and he's dressed as a bear and capering and all the rest of it, they all look so immaculate. Everything it's, is. It's just like they've, they've got a bank of washing machines somewhere yeah, and they've, yeah. they've they've come they've come it's from the dry cleaners. No, the the make. I mean, when you when you think of Christopher Lee as Lord Summerell prancing as the man woman, his little looks complete. <laughs> I mean, just look, he just look totally ridiculous and and he's and he's supposed to. Yeah. But, and but. But then there's this this very p- polite parade with Ellen Burstyn with immaculate uh, makeup and a floaty dress, floaty threat, and yeah. it just it just had no and they, they went, no re- and they, they wedged in a couple of uh, sisters, so it's just like oh well that worked well in The Shining, so we'll we'll, we'll jump yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll dump some elderly sisters yeah, in. the Grady sisters all grown up and blind and yeah. blind yeah, it, yeah. Oh. there were a lot of, that's the thing is there were there were a lot of twins. But without any explanation. explanation or any any purpose. No, it was no, it was basically absolutely pants. And yeah, and I say I think that's pretty much summed it up. I mean, there were some nice visuals. Yeah, let's let's be fair about it. it. There were some nice visuals. The cinematography was on the whole was was pretty was, good. Was very made good. made the most of the. Of the scenery, of and, the scenery and, and the and island, so and so they got had some really cracking actors, better than Nicolas Cage, that were trying their utmost. But the Willow Woodward character just she, looked like she was like a supermodel. Yeah, look distressed, love. Yeah, yeah. Can you she, do any other had, look? No. Yeah, oh she, well, just look distressed, love. Yeah. Even uh, yeah, she just looked miserable the whole time. She looked like she was on the verge of tears through the whole film. Even when she was, even at the end, when she was supposed to be. I just, I it know. was just bonkers. It was, just, it was. It was shit. Um, so yeah, so I will give that one and a half out of five. I think if I was coming to Wicker Man and just watch the Nicolas Cage one, I'd think, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it fills up ninety minutes or so. But I mean, I say I'm looking at the copy here at the back of the copy of this DVD. It's a special commentary, audio commentary by a director. I bet it, oh, we didn't listen to that. I bet yeah. it said, "Oh God, this is shit. Oh fuck, that shit." Yeah. No, I think actually his commentary is just basically him apologising for ninety. We'd quite minutes. like to apologise. <laughs> We'd quite like to apologise for this. Sorry, we would quite like to apologise for this. We wanted it to be more like this, but no. 
No. <laughs> so anyway, um, if anyone has sat through the um, Nicolas Cage version yeah. of the command, please you let have us a, know. You have our you have our condolences. You have our condolences. Um, and and we would thoroughly recommend watching watch. the the nineteen seventy three original. Yes, uh, of uh, yeah of the Wicker Man. So very very good, lovely lovely lovely. Um, and we would love to know what your comments on it. Do you prefer the Nicolas Cage version? You if you, medication. If, yeah, if you do, <laughs> then I suggest that you seek urgent medical assistance. assistance. But so if you would like to get in contact with us, with any comments about The Wicker Man, please get in contact with us on all social media platforms at, at Antique Dusk. We will be happy to hear from you. But in the meantime, we have got a few more gorgeous like uh, Originals V Remake. We have got uh, coming up the Poseidon Adventure. Original versus uh, Remake. Uh, I've never seen the remake. Oh, have you not? Oh, no. I saw that cinema. It was actually... Yeah. I actually quite like it. I like both of them, actually. Uh, we've got the Thomas Crown Affair. Original V remake. Yep. Um, and I've seen the remake, but I have never seen the original. Have you? No, oh, I've never seen the original of the Thomas yes, Crown Affair. so that's either. a new one for so, me. And this is there another one as well we've got. Yes. We, oh, Gone in 60 gone Seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. seconds. Original V and remake. I've never seen the original. I didn't know there was an original <laughs> until <laughs> last week. So, go figure. So, is there any films you would like us to do the original V remake? Um, let us know at Antique Dust. But in the meantime, I'm Jonathan signing off. And I'm Rob saying goodbye. Bye-bye. This has been an Antique Dust production.